This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And we start out our show talking with fitness expert Jillian Michaels. Jillian, great to talk to you again. Oh, likewise. Great to be back. Thanks. So we talked with you a lot uh, in in the past about just fitness in general and coming through this pandemic. But now here we are in the summer months. Uh, Obviously, people are able to get out more. What do you think is going to be the path of the fitness industry over the next few months? I got to be honest. I, I think people are ready to return to a more normalized way of life. And I think that, you know, thanks to the vaccine, and I'm I'm not trying to be political, it's just a personal observation, you're hearing less and less about people coming down with COVID, at least in your circle. I I can't speak about the news or the media, but, like, I don't know anyone that has come down with COVID in the last six months. You know, whereas six months prior to that, (laughs) you know, this one and this one and this one. So my point is just that, People are going back to the gym. They're going back to fitness classes. They're still utilizing the at-home fitness uh, workouts that they have adopted over the course of the pandemic, be it an app or, uh, you know, a road bike. But I I just think the industry is going to boom even more now and be that much more varied. Meaning what? I mean, because of all the options that have kind of come on the board over the last 16 months, that there are more opportunities to go and do different things? Well, from a variety perspective, you know, you you have all of those at-home fitness tools that really took off, that were doing good but still really took off, from the most expensive with things like Peloton or Mirror or Tonal to the most affordable, you know, fitness apps that you can do in your living room or buying a $10 jump rope off of Amazon, you know, all of that stuff that people adapted to, they're not going to give up. They invested some money in it, most likely, and they adapt, adopted it and have adapted to the convenience of it. So I'm seeing people do those kinds of things once a week, maybe twice a week, but I also think people are thrilled to get back into that yoga class or to get back into that spin class or yeah. to start seeing a trainer again face-to-face to go back to those big box gyms. And I, I think it's very much like the roaring 20s where it's, you know, we've been confined and isolated and now people, they're over it. They want to travel and they want to go back to life. So all of that stuff I'm seeing boom more than ever. And then the variety is simply because we've had to explore new options and we now have those options and we can also go back to the ones we were using pre-COVID. So normally, taking the pandemic out of play here, pre-pandemic, the summer months are are, are normally like what for the fitness industry as a whole? Because personally, I think you're going to see more people want to get out, take a walk, take a run and stuff. They may not go to the gym as much unless they're into, you know, a a weightlifting routine of some kind. They want to be, as you said, be out and do their exercise outside rather than going to a gym. I think it depends on the climate, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm in Miami right now, and I would rather be dead than work out outside. <laughs> I might die if I did work out outside. I mean, so it, it really depends on where that person is living. Sure, if you're living in California and it's 85, then you might go for that hike or the paddleboard and what have you. But I, I'm seeing classes packed. I, I it, try to book a spin class, and it's, like, booked all week long. You have to book way in advance. So yeah. I just think... That right now, people are enjoying the social environment um, of that 
that group fitness provides or that a community gym provides or a big box gym provides. Uh, and sure, we can still get outside. I mean, I'm, I'm still engaging in water sports and all of that, but sure. I am more than excited to be back in a class, a group class in particular. So, look, I could be wrong. I, I don't personally own a community gym or a big box gym, and you know maybe they'll report record losses, but I doubt it. Yeah. What I can tell you is that subscription fitness programs are actually reporting reduced subscriptions because people are so excited to get out and even you know even an app that i own called the fitness app like we've done great we've been very fortunate but we're down four percent from this time last year and that's of course because when the pandemic hit people were looking for those solutions so i think if anything the at-home workouts are the ones taking the hit and i've seen that personally um, and I can only tell you that from my personal experience in gyms and out in the world and talking to people, I'm seeing those environments packed. Well, and, and I guess to a degree, the, the fitness industry, like a lot of, of businesses, has tried to have to innovate where they can to be able to have business moving forward. And I'm thinking of an example right near my house in the Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, I, I used to drive by this uh, spin uh, place and and. Uh, we would see the bikes out in the parking lot, you yeah. know, if the weather was nice enough, and they would be holding the spin classes out in the parking lot because you didn't want to have so many people in a tight room in the facility itself. Absolutely. Well, I think that is still going to be a thing, right? Because people have enjoyed being outdoors. So whether it's a boot camp class outside um, or a spin class that they have adapted to now, uh, exist in a parking lot or in the fresh air. I don't think that's going to go away. Although I would debate, you know, during the summertime, depending on where you live, you might actually want that air conditioning. But yeah. I believe that we are very fortunate in this country to have gotten the vaccine. Again, I'm not trying to make any sort of political statement. It's just an observation that, you know, things are reopening. You know, places like California and New York have removed mask mandates. Like, that's that's huge, and that just goes to show that cases have obviously gone dramatically down. And with that level of comfort, people are feeling, I would say, quite literally more comfortable to go back to those things that they were enjoying pre-COVID. The hope, the hope is, I guess, that because of how you know people were when the pandemic was in its first few months. Uh, would be going out and, and taking a walk or taking a run just to get out and get their exercise, that that mindset around wellness and fitness has changed a little bit maybe here in the United States. And, and we may end up having a, a, a better overall kind of culture around fitness as we move forward. I certainly hope so. I mean, there have obviously been some scary statistics released about Obesity and COVID um, and how the, I believe it was the CDC had one study that 78% of hospitalizations, intubations, and deaths occurred in individuals that were obese. Um, and I, I'm hoping that the individuals who are catalyzed to start making healthy changes yeah. during COVID maintain them, right? And if you were if you were fit before COVID, nothing, nothing changed, right? You look right. for alternative ways to stay fit. But if there is a silver lining and it did catalyze some of us to 
say, all right, this is kind of scary. Um, I think I'm going to start taking better care of myself. I'm going to use some of this free time to improve the quality of my health. And you're also seeing people say, you know what, when I had more time at home with my kids or uh, you know, this experience of lockdown made me reevaluate. You're seeing people quit jobs at record paces. People are yeah. looking at the elements of their lives that weren't working for them, and they're seeking to find less stress, more happiness, and physical health is one of those things that I think did improve in many individuals during the pandemic. So I'm hoping people maintain um, that desire to stay healthy. How has this changed your mindset or going forward about your business as a whole, areas that you're looking at, that, that issue of innovation, the digital component you talked about? How are you kind of rethinking you know, the, the Jillian Michaels business moving forward? Well, to be honest, content in itself has been dead for a very long time. You know, there were days uh, not that long ago, uh, maybe five years ago, where you could do a DVD deal for millions of dollars and sell a book for millions of dollars, a million-dollar book advance. Now, those books don't sell because people are like, oh, I'll just get it free off YouTube or a blog, whether the yeah. information is solid or not. And people think to themselves, like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll get this workout for free or I'll get an app or whatever. They don't you don't make money on content. Nike gives sure. content away. The Nike Training Club, a million different people are giving content away as a loss leader, whether it's to yeah. sell shoes or to sell a spin bike. So the trend in fitness is equipment, to be honest. It's the Pelotons, the Tonals, the Mirrors. Now, for me, that's difficult because that's just not my consumer. My consumer is not going to have the money to spend, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars on a bike or a device that goes in the wall, nor can I truly advocate some of those things. Like, in my opinion, while mirror and tonal are great, like, you don't need it. A television works just fine. So I, I can't advocate that to the Jillian Michaels consumer. Um, with that said, what I try to do is still put out fantastic content that is premium with premium experts. So the Jillian Michaels app became the fitness app. And we looked at what is it that people need for a total solution, whether it's custom meal plans, community support, meditations and mindfulness, cherry-picked experts in their unique lane of fitness, be it prenatal fitness or corrective exercise. And then it's super affordable. It's like, depending on the plan you choose, like $7 a month. And you can do it any place, anytime, anywhere, in the gym, audio workouts. So basically, it's a one-stop shop. I can only offer them the highest value proposition possible when it comes to content if I expect them to pay for it. That said, content really only keeps me relevant. And then I utilize that relevance to strategically invest in companies um, that are vertical, that we will hopefully take to an exit with hard goods, be they organic supplement formulations like Alliant Naturals or market solutions like Thrive Market. Um, over the years, I invested in Flywheel, Crave Jerky, Aqua Hydrate, Pop Chips, where I look for cost-effective life solutions, healthier versions of people's favorite things, and that's where I take my expertise and health and fitness when I'm seeking to make money and the content component pays for itself for me to put it into the world, uh, does not pay my bills, but keeps me relevant, if that makes sense. 
It does. It absolutely does in this uh, in this marketplace. Hey, Jillian, great to talk with you again. Uh, we will stay in touch. All the best to you down there in the nice humidity down in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I look forward to speaking again. You got it. Jillian Michaels, uh, fitness expert, joining us here on the show. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.